Moments of Encounter is a weekly live broadcast brought to you by Calvary Revival Labels through God's servant Chide Bele Odeze. The teachings are focused on building the church and raising men that will do exploits in this end time. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website www.calvarywayonline.org or our Facebook and Telegram pages at Calvary Way Revival Labels. May you have a life-changing encounter as you listen. Near the cross, a trembling soul. Love and mercy found me. Dear the bright and morning star, shed his beams around me. Near the cross, O Lamb of God, Bring his sins before me. Help me walk from day to day with his shadow over me. Near the cross, I will watch and wait, hoping, trusting ever, till I reach the golden strand just beyond the river. Let's take that too again. Near the cross. to see Jesus in the name of Jesus Amen. and as we behold him tonight we will be transformed into his very glory and likeness from one degree to the next in the name of Jesus Christ Amen. you are welcome Holy Spirit fully in this place please come and have your way in Jesus mighty name we pray 
Amen. Amen. Be seated. The Lord has something great to do in our life this evening. We are we have been looking at the theme, the power of divine love. And all this while we have been trying to see various aspects of divine love. Started by looking at understanding divine love, experiencing divine love, the supremacy of divine love, and then last week we looked at the substance of divine love. Today we will be looking at the manifestation of divine love. I want you to turn your Bible quickly to the book of First John, chapter 4. Verse 9 and verse 10. 1 John chapter 4. Verse 9 and verse 10. In this, the love, in this was manifested the love of God towards us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the appropriation for our sin. Let me read that from Good News Translation. And God showed his love for us by sending his only son into the world so that we might have life through him. This is what love is. It is not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the means by which our sins are forgiven. Amen. The dictionary defined the word manifestation to be an event, action or object that clearly shows or embodies something abstract. Or theoretical. The manifestation of divine love, therefore, means its demonstration by an event, action, or object. According to our text in 1 John 4, verse 9, there is only one way God manifested his love towards us, and that one way is sending his only begotten son into the world so that we will have life through him. The topic is not the manifestations of divine love. The topic is the manifestation of divine love. The reason is because there is only one way that God manifested his love towards us. That's what we saw in that scripture. Verse 9, King James said, In this, T-H-I-S, was manifested the love of God towards us. In this, in this way, not in these ways. When God wanted to show us his love, he, he did that through only one way, one way, one. And what is that one way? 
by sending his only son into the world so that through him we might have life. There's a similar passage to that verse 9. I want us to look at in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 to 8. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 to 8. 5 said, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet, paraventure for a good man, some will even dare to die. But God commended his love towards us in that while we we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let me read that from NIV. That's verse 8 only. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 from NIV. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this THIS. In this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I was thinking before now that the manifestation of God's love is in many ways. He gave us life. He gave us health. He provided food for us. He is patient towards us. He is kind. He answers our prayers. I was thinking that these are numerous ways God shows his love towards us. Until I began to see as I was looking at this that there is only one way. There is only one way you know divine love. Now, look at it. God demonstrated his love or demonstrates. King James says, comments. If you read New King James, comments. Old King James, commended. Not past tense. Present continuous tense. Demonstrates his love towards us in that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. I discovered that that is one edge divine love has over human love. Natural love of human being, the one that comes from a human being naturally. You know, when you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where Paul was describing the characteristics of love. He said, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, love is not selfish, love does not boast, and all of that. 
Now, when you look at, apart from, there are other differences, but apart from those things that we are mentioned about love, do you discover that the unbelievers that are, you know, into sexual immorality and they just discover a, a, a girl, let me say, a young man discover a girl and he want to commit immorality with that girl. Do you discover that when that young man approaches that girl and he's, he's telling him, I love you and all of that, and all of that, you know, the girl can begin to, you know, call that young man any name. You are certain, you are this, you are that. But all of those things that that girl is saying to that young man, it does not enter into his heart. I don't know whether you, you notice that. You will see him very patient. When you finish saying all of that, tomorrow he will come back again. You may even buy flour and come back tomorrow. Eh? And you know, adding kindness to the patient. And as if he's not hot, he does not have any evil in heart. He's not envying the girl. He's not, you know, it seems as if everything that was describing love in that um, first Corinthians 13 is found in that boy towards that girl. Are you getting it? But there's one thing that that boy cannot do for that girl. What is that? Eh? He cannot die for that girl. He said that nobody dare die for an ungodly person. That sometimes people may even consider to die for a righteous person. That's what we read. Sometimes somebody may even consider to die which I don't know who, who has done that or who can do that dying for somebody because I was in a discipleship class one day I asked a, a sister does your mother love you to the point of dying for you she said I know that my mother loved me but dying I don't know and the mother was there so when I directed the question to the mother the woman said I love her but not to the extent of dying for her I love her she's my daughter but when it comes to dying, I will not be able to do that. He said, but God demonstrates his love towards us in this one way. In other words, if I think I have divine love towards you, eh, and I say I am patient, I am kind, and all of that, but when it comes to dying for you, I will withdraw. Have I demonstrated divine love? Have I manifested divine love? Tell your neighbor there is only one way divine love is manifested. One. That's by dying. Death. <laughs> oh my God. In this was manifested the love of God. That he sent his only begotten son into the world. That's why 1 John chapter... Okay, John 3.16 said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but shall have eternal life. Then 1 John 3.16 
first John, not John now, 3.16, said, Herein we perceive the love of God, that Christ gave, laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our life for the brethren. He said, this is how we, we, we know the love of God. This is how we perceive the love of God. That Christ laid down his life for us. We are supposed, we ought to lay down our life for the brethren. So, that's the manifestation. Is only, of course, that's why we said, from the creation of Adam to the coming of Christ, there is nothing like divine love. It was only Christ coming and dying, living and dying, that we come to know what love is. Thank God for Old Testament sense. Uh, they tried. But it was only one man that showed us what God's love is like. Who is that man? Jesus Christ. The only begotten son of God. Now, I want us to pay attention from this passage, Romans chapter 8, uh, chapter 5, 5 to 8. There are three things I want us to pay attention quickly from that passage. Number one, Christ's death for us sinners and the ungodly is the manifestation or the demonstration of his love for us. That's what we have tried to describe now. That the death he died was not for us when we are righteous. The death he died was for us when we are sinners, when we are enemies, when we are ungodly, when we are disobedient, when we are stubborn, when we are doing the very thing he said we should not do and not as if we don't know it. We know that he said we should not lie. Yet, we are lying. In fact, the worst is that in those days, when we are sinners, unbelievers, you go to church, you even read lesson, thou shalt not lie. And he will be watching you read it. And the Lord said, thou shalt not lie. That same Sunday, you will, you will still lie. So he is dead for us sinners, for sinners, for us, why we are sinners, is the demonstration. If we are righteous, if we are trying, and he died, maybe say a human being can even try that. But there is no human being. A father will disown his son. Why? Why does fathers disown their children? Because of stubbornness. Because of, you know, disobedience. Because of, you know, the, the, the child will be taking him from one police station to another from one cell and prison to another and all of that. At the time, you just say, I'm okay with you. Please, I'm no longer your, your father. Publicly. But, God demonstrated his love 
by, die, by sending Christ to die for us as sinners. Now look at that verse 8. But God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's number two. Christ died for us. There are there is a way somebody can die for somebody. Eh? That's not the kind of death that Christ died. For example, I heard the story of a school that caught fire. Some of us, it was on news some time ago. And a reverend sister that was trying to rescue some of the children was now caught up into the fire and she died. A school. The children were rescued. But after rescuing them, for her to now come out, the fire caught up with her, she died. Can we say that she died for them? Yes. It was for their sake that she died. That's somebody dying for another person. The Bible says, Christ died for us. But that is not the kind of death that Christ died for us. Eh? It was not why he was trying to solve our problem or deliver us from death or that took him to the cross. It was our sins that made him to deliberately die. Are you getting that? Like that reverend sister, for example, that was trying to rescue the children. If there is no fire, and then she looked at those children and noticed that they are all sinners and they are going to hell. No fire, nothing. And she said, I want to die for these children. That's when you can liken that death to Christ's death. Are, are you getting it? So that somebody, you know, let's say, of course, we have some Christian matters. People that died. Like Stephen and so many people in our time. I, I was reading about one of them. They said that... They have already removed his eyes. And then he just asks them to bring Bible for him before they will finally burn him. They brought Bible for him. They said, put my hand on Romans 8.35. And they put his hand there. And he read that what is it that shall separate us from the love of Christ? He now told them that I spent this morning with you people. I had breakfast with you people this morning. But in the night, I will have supper with Jesus. And after saying that, he left. Wonderful matters. But their death is not like the death of Jesus. Are you getting it? No. The death of Christ is not because he was suffering for his faith. I don't know whether you're getting it. There are different kinds of deaths. It's not for the sake of his faith that he died. It was because of my sin. The sin that I committed. You, you, need, to, you need to see the, the, the manifestation of God's love towards you. The man was not dying because people were persecuting him or the Jews. He even told them that 
you know, if I want, he told Pilate, if I want, eh, I will ask God to send legions of angels. And I won't I wouldn't have suffered this. But it was my sin, your sin, that he was looking at when he was going to die. So he died. That was why the Bible said in first Peter chapter 2, verse 24, that he himself bear our sins on the tree. It was a death on the tree that bear our sin. There were thieves that were crucified with him. But those people were not bearing anybody's sin. They are dying for their own sake and for their sin. But this man is dying bearing my sin and your sin. So when the Bible said, God demonstrated his love towards us in that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. He is not just a martyrdom. No, it is a death that is to, you know, bear our sin. Another thing I want us to pick from there is that Christ's death manifests God's love because he was the son of God. The truth is that even if another person eh, decide to die that way, it will still not manifest the love of God. You know why? The man that was dying is the son of God. And you know what it means to be son of God? To be son of God is to be God. That was the problem that the Pharisees have with him. They will always tell him that by calling yourself the son of God, you make yourself equal with God. They strove with him in John chapter 5. They strove with him in John chapter 10. In both passages, he told them that I am the father, we are one. In fact, in John chapter 10, they picked up stone to stone him. And he said, for all the good works I have done, which of them do you stone me? Now, because I told you that God has sanctified me and sent me into the world, you want to stone me? Your psalm said that you are God's. How can you, you know, fault me if me that God has sanctified and sent into the world, if I say that I am the son of God? The meaning of that is that God himself, God himself, why he was there, is in Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 9, what did, verse 19. Open to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. Come back to, um, we'll come back to Romans. But I wanted to see that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. Are you there? To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing their trespasses unto them, and had committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Where was God, please? God was in Christ, 
Are you getting that? In John chapter 14 verse 9, Philip said to him, show us the father. He said, Philip, have I been so long with you and you don't know the father? He that has seen me has seen the father. And as a matter, as a, as, as a result, the words that I speak to you, they are not my words. It is the father that is in me that does his work. And then, in Hebrew chapter 1 verse 3, the Bible called him the brightness of God's glory. The full expression of his image. So, the point is, or the point is that God, in that Christ you see that died, who was inside of him? God. That was why the Bible said, God demonstrates his love towards us. By Christ dying for us. Look at that Romans 5, 8 again, so that you get it. Romans 5, 8, what did it say? But God commended his love towards us in that while we, we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. Look at it. God demonstrates his love. How? Christ died for us. Um, what's your name again? Solomon demonstrates his love. Um, Vincent died for us. Are, are you seeing something? If that will be correct, it means that the real person that was dying is actually who? The God that was demonstrating his love. So that's one thing about his death. Demonstrating the love of God or manifesting the love of God. It is actually God himself. That's why the Bible says, in this God manifested his love by sending his only begotten son, by releasing himself in a bodily form eh? so that we will have his life. I don't know whether you get that. <laughs> so, the demonstration of God's love towards us is that God was in Christ when Christ died. So it was actually, you can say it is the death of God. He gave his life because the person inside that Christ is God. That was where he was to reconcile the world unto himself. Now, I want us to go back to 1 John, where we started our key text. 1 John chapter 4. Now, I want you to pay attention to that verse 10. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. There are a few things I want us to pick from that verse. That verse was trying to show us the nature, the very nature of God's love that he manifested, that he demonstrated. That's why he said, this is love. If you read it with good news, 
Good news said what? This is love. Verse uh, 10. This is what love is. That is the love of God that he manifested or that was reported manifested in verse 9. Let me describe to you what it is. Let me show you the very nature of that love. And he said, It is not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the means by which our sins are forgiven. So number one, very nature of God's love. It is a love that is independent and universal coming before our own. God loves not because of anything coming from the object of his love but because it is his nature to love. God is love. God himself is the source of love. So he doesn't need to look at me and find something lovable in me before he can love me. There is nothing that can come from me that will make him to love me. He is a source. He's, he's a, he's a, he's, he, he, he emanates love from himself. You know the difference between sun and moon? Eh? Moon does not have its own light. The light that you see moon given the night is a, a reflection of the um, the light the sun is giving to the moon. Moon does not generate light. But the sun generates light. The sun has a source of light inside that generates light. That's how God is. God is the source of love. Like the sun now. You know, as long as you are under the universe, the sun will be getting you. The sun is universal. It's not like that with the moon. The light of the moon can be in one part of the world. But the other part will not have it. Depending on the direction or, and the angle, the moon is facing the... Are you getting that? But the sun, because it's a generator of light, once the sun comes out, the whole earth is lighting up. It's universal. It's a source. The love of God is universal. He reaches out to everybody because he is a generator of love. He's, he's a source of love. He's actually is his very nature. That's why he manifested that love to all mankind. Again, he said, hearing is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. One thing again I'm seeing 
from that love is that it is a love that gives its best. The best thing that God has is his son, his only son. Is a sacrifice. He gave him up. In fact, when you read Romans chapter 8, verse 32, look at Romans chapter 8, verse 32. He said, Is is he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all? How shall he not with him? Also freely give us all things. He spared not his own son. It's not a love that we have some things and give you the one that is less. A sacrificial gift is different from a generous gift. In that, when you are giving sacrificially, you will be in pain. When you are giving generously, you may have one million naira and you may decide to give 20 persons one 1,000 naira. What did he remove from you? Nothing. But if you are to give sacrificially, you may carry that one million naira and give. That's sacrificial giving. Is a love that gives its best sacrificially. That is divine love as we are seeing here. You know why we are doing this? We, are, we have been laboring to understand divine love. That's why we are looking at it from different angles. The supremacy, the substance, and today the manifestation. We are still at the understanding level. Because you remember Ephesians chapter 3 that talked about the, the knowledge of the depth, the width, the height, and the length of God's love. So when God, when, when God is to give out of love, He gives His best. Of course, He could have, he could have you know, God has angels. Eh? He had angels. And he, he didn't have only begotten angel. Are you getting me? He has created angels. And there are so many of them. He has 24 elders. He has four living creatures. He has cherubim. Cherubims. He has so many things in heaven that he could have, you know, given. As a result of love. But when he looked at all of them, he said, I want to show man how my love is. That's why I have to give man my best. The only begotten son I have must go. This is what we call divine love. Human love will just give you and be expecting you to come for thanksgiving in the lotto that he has given you. If you did not thank well, he will get offended with you. Another thing I'm seeing about divine love from that verse is that it is a love that is not turned away by 
sin. Rather, he takes note of sin and overcomes it. Hearing is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. The love that made God to release his son was targeting something in us. What is that? That love is to deal with our sin. He is not scared by sin. But God demonstrates his love towards us. In that while we are yet sinners, Christ did what? Died for us. He was not scared of our sin. That's why when Christ was here physically, you know what he normally does? He himself, he does not compromise with sinners. Take note. He is rigidly righteous, spotless, and pure, holy. In fact, the Bible says he is separate from sinners. Hebrews 7.25. He is separate from sinners. Yet, he goes for sinners. Their sin does not scare him away. Some of us, because you don't have the love of God, when you see a prostitute dressed in her dress, the prostitute has sin and everything will scare you away. I see you on evangelism. Say, no, 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 no. I don't, I'm not going to preach to this kind of person. Let me look for people that are at least, you know, their sin is not as visible as this one. The love of God is not in you. That's why we don't win souls in evangelism because you don't go to evangelism with God's love. Sinners are scaring you. Sins are scaring you. When you see people, you know, in, in a bar, drinking and all of that, you are scared. You are going for people that are reading Bible so that, you know, it will be easier. When you see people from other religions, you are scared. The love of God is not scared of any man. Any man at all. Is coming to deal with sin. That's why he came in the midst of sinners and was living in their midst, yet unspotted with sin. Yet they are free with him. Sometimes when I read Bible, I wonder. There's a verse that normally makes me to wonder. Sometimes I don't know whether to say it's an exaggeration, but I know the Bible does not exaggerate. I want you to see that verse with me before we return back to first John. Look at Luke chapter 15 verse 1 Luke chapter 15 verse 1 Let's read it together One, two, go Then drew near unto him All the publicans and sinners For to hear him Verse 2 And the Pharisees and scribes murmured Saying this man received sinners And eateth with them and then he, he spoke this parable unto them. That's when he gave three parables. Parable of the lost coin, parable of the lost sheep, and the parable of the prodigal son. Then drew near to him all the sinners. What's the meaning of all? All the sinners in the yard. All the sinners in the place of work. All the sinners in the marketplace. They drew near to hear him. Oh my God. 
Now I see that Christ is not yet in us. That's why all the sinners are not drawing near to here. They are not coming for miracle. There are times sinners, multitude, come to him for miracle. They come to hear him preach. That's the Bible. It was the problem of the Pharisees that he was receiving them joyfully, telling them, sit down. Ah, you know, some of them are chief of sinners. Look at Zacchaeus. He went for Zacchaeus. Look at the woman that was caught in adultery. Look at his, you know, attitude towards sinners. And the Pharisees, we are saying, he was eating with them. Oh, maybe we, we will be like the Pharisees that we think that eating with them will make us what? Sinners, isn't it? They believe that eating with these people will make you a sinner. But the man, he knows what he's targeting. They all drew near, all of them, the love of God. Inside of him was reaching out to them. Yet he himself, he himself was not a sinner. Are you getting that? He does not compromise. He does not say, please, can you give me just one bottle of beer so that I will acclimatize with you people so that you will know that we are one. No. They even know him that is strictly righteous. But there is a love inside that was beaming out and drawing them. Go back to First John. Now, I want you to see something in verse 9 where we started. Let's go again in verse 9. He said, In this was manifested the love, the love of God towards us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Good news says, and God showed his love for us by sending his only son into the world so that we might have life through him. What is the goal of the manifestation of God's love? What is the goal? So that we will have God's life. Eh? It's the same thing with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but shall have what? Everlasting life. There is God's own life. He wants us to share in his own life. But I want you to see something in verse 10. Look at verse 10. Verse 9 showed us that the goal of his man, the manifestation of his love is so that we will have his life. But look at verse 10. Verse 10 said that herein is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. Now look at it. There must be first propitiation for our sins according to verse 10. Before the manifestation of the love of God in our life we achieve his goal in verse 9, which is the sharing of his life. Are, are you getting that? Now, if the, if, the, if the sin is still there in the heart, 
and nothing is done about that the love of God will not achieve his goal in giving you life so when God sent his only son into the world the first thing that he has, he has to do is to do what? to take away our sin so that he will now release his life unto us so the love of God as we said is not scared about sin and sinners rather when he manifests in the life of a sinner he does what? he takes away the sin so that the life of God will be made manifest in that person's life. See this same first John chapter 2. First John chapter 3. So sorry. Look at verse 5. Are you in first John 35? Just the previous uh, chapter. Are you there? Let's read it together. I want to go. And you know that he was manifested to do what? To take away our sins. And in sin, in him, there is, there is no sin. Did you see that? The manifestation of Christ through his death is to take away our sin. And then when he takes away our sin, he will now release the life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but shall have what? Everlasting life. But before you will collect everlasting life by the reason of the manifestation of that God's love, the first thing that love will do in your life is to do what? Take away your sin. You know why we are dealing with this? There are some people that are preaching the love of God. They say God is love. And love is God. Therefore let us continue in our sin. Because God is love. And God loves us even as we are. No matter what I do, even if I'm telling lies. You know? The truth is that prior to his manifestation or to the manifestation of his love in your life, you may be a liar. Are you getting that? You may be a sinner in one capacity or the other. But if the love of God is manifested truly in your life, the first thing is to deal with the sin. And then the life is released. In other words, the two does not go together. You say you have the life of God in you. You have collected everlasting life. And at the same time, you are still living in sin. No! Something is lacking in what in your experience. Eh? Verse 9 showed us the goal of the manifestation of God's love. The goal is to give us his life. Then verse 10 showed us what will happen before the goal is reached. And what is that? Take away your sin. So if you see somebody saying, eh, we are living in grace, we are hyper grace, we are living in God's love and all of that, God loves you and all of that. That's for sinners that have not experienced manifestation of God's love. 
Are you getting that? We have two types of human beings on the earth. How many types? Two. Those that have not experienced the manifestation of divine love. And those that have experienced it. The thing has happened. I hope you know that. But in experience, there are several unbelievers, sinners, that have not experienced that. They are known for one thing. Their sins are still there. And they don't have the life of God. Then the other group of people are the people that have experienced the manifestation of divine love. These are the people that their sins have been taken away by that manifestation. And then they now have God's life. There is no third group. I want to repeat. There is no third group because some people want to create the third group. That said, God's love has been manifested in me. I have God's life. I have eternal life. But yet, they are still living in sin. Sin has not been dealt with. Do you understand? Now, I want us to close quickly by looking at what are the implications of the manifestations of divine love. Number one, just like we are dealing with now, it is the manifestation of divine love that releases God's life to me. Thereby making me a partaker of his divine nature. The highest goal of the manifestation of divine love according to 1 John 4, 9 is to have his life. But you need to note that the, la- the love of God is embedded inside his life. The love of God that he is manifesting, showing us through the death of his son and all of that is inside his life. In other words, when the goal of the manifestation of divine love is achieved in me, which is me having God's life, then the same God's love is now in me too. Because the love of God is part of his life. That was why and what the Bible was referring to in 2 Peter chapter 1. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1. Verse 3 and verse 4. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says, According as his divine power have has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Verse 4 Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by this you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through loss. Partakers of divine nature. What is divine nature? Love. God is love. When you have his life by the manifestation of his love in your life, you have his love. Again, when you look at 1 John chapter 4, go back to that 1 John chapter 4, verse 11 said, you know, it's 
we, we, are, we have been dealing with verse 9, 10. Now look at verse 11. Verse 11 said, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. If God so loved us, how did he love us? He loved us by giving us the best of his gifts. Do you remember? Do you remember he has angels, he has cherubims and all of that? But who did he give us? He gave us the best. If God so loved us, we are supposed to love one another with the same kind of love of God. So, how do we possess that love of God to be able to love others? It is by the manifestation of his love in my life. If it is the real one, not the fake one. You know what I mean? If the real manifestation has taken place and sins taken away and I am a partaker of his life, then I am a partaker of his nature. Then I have that same love of God. The one that was not available before Christ came into this world. I have it now in me because by the manifestation of his love in me, I now have his love in me. That is why I can now love you as a brother the same way God loved me. Are you seeing why Jesus gave them new commandments? A new commandment I gave to you. I give to you. John 13 verse 34. That you love one another as I have uh, loved you. How did he love us? How? He gave his own life for us. He died for us. That's how he loved us. You don't just say, I want to love you, but I will love you the way I want to love you. Jesus said, that's not it. The new commandment is that you should love everybody, every believer, every Christian, love one another as us. The same way he loved you. That's the same way you should love others. Especially the brethren. Say, by this, by this kind of love, by this kind of loving one another as I have loved you, will all men know that you are my disciples. Ah, I hope you know that we are, we are far from this now. I hope you know that we are far from it. Very far. That's why the world, they don't know that we are disciples. Simple, simple examples. We, we just make it so clear to us. Simple examples. You just notice that you don't love the brethren the way Christ loved them. In fact, you don't even love them the way you love yourself. Let me give you an example. If we announce now that, yes, one of our brothers is wedding, eh? and then we all need to go because it's our wedding to support him, and then the announcement is going to say the wedding is on 25th of August. And then we are supposed to be there on time to set things. You know, as I'm saying this thing, something will be going on in your mind. That thing is where? Where? The moment I mentioned that it is Abuja, what do you notice? Right there in your heart, spontaneously, without prayer, without fasting, without anything, you have said, this is not for me. Are you getting that? 
But look at it. It's not even your wedding. It's your brother, your blood, your natural blood brother. And his wedding in Abuja, the same you. Do you think twice? I don't want to go there yet. But I just want to, I want us to see that we are very, very far. Just to go for simple wedding. Simple wedding. You start calculating. That, you know, it's not you. It's not connected to you. It's not related to you. So, I don't want anything that will disturb me. But think about it. If we have this love, I'm not talking about dying for somebody. I'm talking about attending the person's wedding. I hope you know. We have not reached the level of death. Now, I will say, this brother is wedding and is one of us. Now, you see, all the disciples from Lagos, all the disciples from Ebony uh, uh, State, Abia State, uh, Abuja, uh, Plateau State, all of them are to gather in Enugu and in the wedding, they say uh, Anambara disciples, their canopy is there, Enugu disciples, their canopy, uh, Abuja disciples, uh, or your state disciples, and all of that. What do you think unbelievers we, 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 we feel and say when they come for that kind of thing? Are you getting me? They will see something that, because they will be wondering. In fact, even, even others that are around you, seeing the way you are t- taking things ab- about brethren, they will know that this is not ordinary love. That a human love cannot, because human love calculates. Eh? See, you know, you know, you know our team, our team is the power of divine love. We, are, we cannot even get talk about power yet. No. Because you can't experience the power of divine love when you don't understand what it is and you are not walking in it or living in it. This superficial talk and preaching about love, you know, you can say love is precious and all that. You say all of that. We need to get to what divine love is. What is divine love? Death. Of Christ. Amen. So, it is the manifestation of divine love that releases his life. And because his life contains his love, then I have that capacity to love. So when the Bible says, you ought to love one another this way that God loved, he's not giving you a weight that you cannot carry. Because if truly, mark my words, the love of God has manifested in you. Ah. You know the Old Testament commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. That is, if you want your neighbor to come for your wedding from Lagos, attend your neighbor's own from Enugu to Lagos as yourself. That one is, is not even, we are not even near that one. We are not even, you know, reach the Old Testament one and do it well. And the new one is coming. Amen. And maybe I should add also that even the love we have for God, the love we have for God, eh? we can't love God with our natural human love. That's what he required from them in the Old Testament. You shall love God with all your heart. All the love they have then is the human love. Are you getting me? In the New Testament, 
because the love of God, the divine love has been manifested and is available for me, if truly it has been manifested in my own life, then if I'm to love God now, I'm not going to love God with my human love. I will not love him with that same his love. And that's why if I'm to die for his sake, it will not be a matter to me. Are you getting it? It's a matter for so many believers. I watched a, a small clip on WhatsApp. Just this morning, somebody sent it in a platform. A man from Yobe. The you know, Antichrist group entered his house and the man said, they are moving from house to house, from village to village. Once you say you are a Christian, they ask you, are you ready to denounce your faith and be a Muslim? And if you say no, that's the, the end of your life. So the man said, they came to his house and you know, sent everybody in his house away and then came in and faced him. And they asked him, are you a, you say, he said, yes. are you ready to deny your faith? He said, never. And they shot him on the nose and the thing entered through his uh, Remove all the bones from here. And he fell down and became lifeless. So they shake him, shake him. Notice that he was lifeless. They now left, thinking that he has died. He bled and bled and bled. God spared his life. Finally, they, he was, they were showing the, the, the stages of recovery. When he was in one hospital, they transferred him and all of that. Then when they now wanted to do a surgery to replace that place with um, bone, they want to cut a bone from his leg, bone, not flesh, to replace that place. Say that morning, a miracle happened. The, the doctor noticed there was a, bo a bone there. A new bone just grew out. So he, he now used that bone and, you know, and later, the man became normal. And then, um, is he BBC or something like that from Washington, US? They were now interviewing him. What is it that happened? And then they asked me a question. Why is it that you 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 dead those people and you, you refuse to deny your faith? Don't you know you will die? He said, What is it that shall separate me from the love of Christ? Love of God that is in Christ Jesus. What is it? He loved me so much. How can I not die for him? When he died for me. I'm ready to die. When, see, when truly the love of Christ has manifested in you, something will happen. Sin will go, number one. Number two, his life will come. Then inside his life is his love. It is that love that you are going to use to love him back. And that love you love him will make you to even die for his sake. Anywhere, anytime. And then you will love the brethren the way you are supposed to love them. That's the implication of the manifestation of divine love. Number one implication. Number two. The manifestation of, of divine love through Christ's death carries the conviction of that love into our hearts. And thereby brings the purification of our souls. This one is not like the first point. Oh. 
I want you to see First Peter chapter one, verse twenty-two. First Peter chapter one, verse twenty-two. The first thing that that conviction of divine love does in our heart is to purify our souls. First Peter one twenty-two said, "Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit." Unto unfailing love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Purify your souls. The only thing that can purify a, a man's soul from emotion of human love is the manifestation of divine love. Eh? When the divine love is manifested in your heart, the Human love and his emotions will become like a theodorak. You will not, you know, these days we see many things happening among brethren. You see brethren that are living by their human love. Eh? By their human love. I remember ministering to in a place over the weekend, and you know, after the Friday night, Saturday morning teaching. And then they had to come for counseling. And they were coming one after the other. I remember one of them telling me that he was living in immorality with a sister in the same fellowship. He is the secretary of the fellowship. And this sister is the, I think, the former sister's coordinator. And you know, I cancelled him, prayed for him. He promised he would not do that again and he really got delivered. But when I left, some months later, he called me and said, I am no more the secretary, I'm now the president. But the bad news is that I have gone back to that girl again. And this time around, because I'm the president and I am doing this, every other person in the fellowship is doing it. That's what they call pairing. You just, your human, human nature will choose the one that is pleasing to you. And two of you will be pairing and parlaying here and there. Inside the fellowship. A lot of impurity in the souls of the, of the brethren. Because the real love has not showed up. Eh? So many things inform their inform their relationship in quotes because I don't know why relationship became a special word relationship is not relating with somebody so these days you ask somebody say I'm in relationship are you are you into relationship I have gotten into relationship ha what is this please if you are in courtship we should know that you have prayed and God has told you this is the sister and you have proposed and the sister has accepted the proposal and both of you are in courtship publicly announced and the brethren are aware that's what we call special relationship I don't understand why a brother will be calling a sister every day but there are sisters in the same discipleship let me say discipleship because it's happening in discipleship now in the same discipleship that that same brother has not called for one week 
and yet there's no proposal or, or nobody is aware and so brethren will begin to suspect that he's like you know what kind of thing is this these are impurity and it's a sign that this person does not know what divine love is because what causes this kind of thing is human love natural love something in you is naturally attracted to something in that brother or sister and so you give you gave vent to it you allow it so the brother will come close you also come close he will come close again you also come close and before you know it you become very close are you not the one sharing with me something recently to a brother and a sister in the executive of the fellowship in trying to do the work of the lord you know the work of the lord now he's not he's not that's not the first time i have heard such things a i think a, a hosted fellowship coordinator with the the assistant or secretary they are still calling people out for morning prayer in the fellowship and all of that evening prayer but they are living in fornication because they are trying to do the work of the Lord. No work of the Lord. Planning and praying. What else does the manifestation of divine love does? It also establish, establishes the knowledge of that love in our hearts. It, first of all, it brings conviction that purifies the, the soul so that the true sincere love of God will, will have its way. Number two, it establishes the knowledge of that love in our hearts. Look at that same first John chapter 4, verse 16. That same chapter 4. Look at verse 16. Please, that verse is very important for us because we may be rounding up with it. Maybe with some other, uh, one other verses or thereabout. Are you there? 1 John chapter 4 verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Hey, permit me not to expose, do exposition on the verse. I just want to kick something and run because if I try, we are not going to finish this night. Just pay a little attention to two things and I will run away from the verse. You say, we have known, number one, and we have believed number two the love that God has for us God is love he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in love we have known so there is a knowledge of the love that God has for us that's what we are trying to understand to know it it's not a small thing to know it because that knowledge will lead you to believe in it. You don't believe what you don't know. Ignorance is the first enemy of faith. It is the knowledge that leads to believing. When you know the love 
Can you imagine? Just imagine that God loved me so much that just because of me and my sins, He sent His only begotten Son to die on the cross. He released Him, sacrificed Him, the best of His best. If God loved me that way, that, that was what Romans chapter 8, verse 32 was saying. He said, He that did not spare his own son, but delivered him up. You know the way Abraham delivered Isaac? He gave up. He said, God, you are looking for my only son, which you brought. I gave him up. God delivered him up, sacrificed him just for me. The knowledge of that love will lead me to believe that love. And it is my faith in that love that leads me to the highest realm of this Christian faith. So let me show you the highest realm of this Christian faith. Turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. It's a long passage, but we will read it and pick what we need as we conclude. Number, number, uh, verse, verse 28. Verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that who are the called according to his purpose. Please, I hope you are paying attention. To them that love God. With, with what love? Human love. Which love now? divine love that they have collected as a result of the manifestation of divine love in their own life. That's how they love him. And because they love him, all things are working together for, for good for them. All things. For whom he did for new, for no, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now look at verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? Who can be? If I got to know the love that God has for me, even that thing that seems to be against you is not against you. It's not. Because in all things, God worked together for your, for, for, for your good. Because you love Him. You have entered into the realm of divine love. And so you are loving God with divine love. You are loving men with divine love. So he's working for your good in all things. If you read that verse 28 with NIV. NIV was, you know, got it well. He said, in all things God work together for your good in all things. So whatever happens, he will work together. Turn it around for your good because you are now loving him with his own love. 
And then look at the things he was doing. He will call. He will. He, he, will, he has predestinated. He, will, he has called. He has justified. And he also glorified. So he's not against me. He has glorified me. He called me. He justified me. He glorified me. He is not against me. And all of this thing, he did it as a result of his love. The manifesting of his love brought about his justification of me and my glorification. Then verse 32 said, He that spear not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Now, are you seeing something? I am now coming to know that if God, out of his love for me, which he has manifested in giving me his only son, eh, there is nothing that he cannot give me. There is nothing that if he has not given it to me, it's not because he, will not, he, he doesn't want to. It's still out of love. Because he feels that it's not yet time. The devil is not in this matter. It's all about God's love for me. That job that he has not given to me, is all about his love for me. That marriage partner he has not given to you, is all about his love for you. After all, he gave you his only son. Is he a husband that he cannot give you? Is he a wife that he cannot give you? Is he money? Ha! If you are not like this, eh? if you have 50 million and you are giving people 1, one million, as people say, I need money, you give the person 1 million, and then somebody will come and say, please, I need 5 naira. Will it be any problem for you to give somebody 5 naira? Why not? What is 5 naira? Hey. All these petty, petty things that we are asking and somebody say, I have not married and I have not uh, gotten a job and all of that and you are going down. So we even backslide. I don't want to follow God again because of petty things. Have you considered that God has given you his best and your best? You have not considered that. That's why Jesus, you have not known. John say we have known the love God has. You have not known it. That's why petty things are, have become a matter to your heart. Then look at verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? The only person that has the power to do that is the same God that justifies me. The same person. There's no other person that can lay any charge against me. Nobody. Last again in verse 34. Who is it that has right to condemn? Eh? The same person that could have condemned me is the person that have died for me. It is Christ that died and is risen again. And not only that, he is presently at the right hand of God interceding for me now. So you ask God for, for, for a, a handset and he didn't give you a handset and it's a matter to you. You ask God for admission, he didn't give you admission and it's a matter to you. So you have taken jam five times and you have not gotten admission and all of that. To you, God is, is not faithful. You don't know the love that made him to give you the best. 
In fact, that's, that's the problem because if you know the love that made God to give you the best, you can't be talking about this petty, petty things. And there will be a problem to you when you have the best. And the person that gave you the best is a generous God that gives sacrificially. God does not give generously. generously. He gives sacrificially. He will carry everything and give you. He's making intercession for us out of love. He could have been quiet there. But look at, even after dying, eh? after dying, rising again, he still went, you know, to the right hand of God and he's not idle there. What is he doing? He's praying for me, praying for you. Making intercession for us. He died for us. He rose again for us. And he's interceding for us now. As I'm talking to you, he's interceding now. And you are telling me that with this kind of knowledge, I will have problem in my Christian life? Except you don't know it. But I believe that if you know it, you will easily believe it. John said, and we have known and have believed the love that God has for us. 35 said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. Take note of that. We are not more than conquerors by saying, eh, say seven times are more than conquerors. Lift up your right hand and sh- uh, jump up and it's not gymnastic and exercise that profit little. There is something that made us to be more than conquerors. It is because of his love for us. Now, listen, you know, this particular verse 35, who shall separate us from love of Christ, is not who shall make me to stop loving Christ. No. What he's saying is that who will make Christ to stop loving me? That's the meaning. That's, that's just the meaning. What is it that will make Christ to withdraw his love from me? Or maybe make me to think. What Paul is asking is, what is it that will make me to think that Christ is no longer loving me? Do you understand the question? That's the question. Is it when they beat me in Philipp, you know, he was beaten in Philippines with Silas. After they finished beating him, they drag him in the streets. After dragging in the streets, they put shame on their legs. And then as they are there, they say, Love of Jesus is wonderful. Love of Jesus is wonderful. They are singing and you know, praising God. In the midnight. Because Paul said, What is it that will happen to me? And I will begin to think or believe that Christ has withdrawn his love. Persecution, beating me with rod, imprisoning me. He said, We are more than conquerors. Through Christ 
that loved us. Not even your love. We are not talking about your love for him in this case. Through him that loved us. That's why I call it the highest realm of Christian life. That nothing will ever touch your joy. Nothing will ever touch your life. You are so worried at every point. That's famine. You say, is it famine? Is it empty stomach? What is it? At the time, you say, neither life nor death. Look at verse 38. I am persuaded. I don't know whether you are persuaded. Somebody is persuaded. Somebody is persuaded. Somebody has come to strongly know and believe that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is where in Christ Jesus which was manifested in Christ Jesus the love of God the divine love that was manifested by Christ's death there is nothing principalities and powers can be referred to as good angels or satanic angels anytime the Bible says principalities and powers it may be referring to good angels or the fallen angels both of them are referred to as principalities and powers both of them so whether it is good angel or bad angel whether it is life or death whether it is um, powers things that are present or what I don't even know that will come tomorrow nor height you know maybe you are now you know lifted high in the ministry or anywhere in business nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate you know why because you have known the love you have believed the love and you say to yourself what will make God to give me his only son what is persecution he's with me and he even said I am with you always brothers and sisters tonight I want us to pray we will not assume anything tonight I would like you to rise up and pray rise up and pray ask God to manifest his love in your own life afresh so that you will come to know that Christ died for you I want you to, to look at that Romans chapter 5 verse 8 so that you can pray well because I want you to take that prayer point in two dimensions Romans chapter 8 verse 5 no Romans chapter 5 verse 8 sorry are you in Romans 5 8? What did he say? He said, But God demonstrates, commends, manifests his love towards us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, the first dimension of that prayer is maybe as we are sharing this, you are beginning to realize that the reason why you, you are still committing masturbation. The reason why you are still watching pornography from time to time, when you get, get into the internet, you are watching, you are carried away by the world system, is because this manifestation of Christ's love is not yet real in your life. Your sins are not yet taken away. When you take something away, it's no longer there. He was manifested to take away our sins. 
And so the life is not there. The life of impeccable righteousness and holiness is not real in you. You need to cry out in the first dimension. Oh God, manifest your love in my heart. I want to experience it now. Demonstrate it. Number two, the, di- the second dimension. That demonstrates or comments is a present continuous tense. That is, it is something that is continuous. God needs to continue to, you know, make your heart to know this, this, man, this love of God. You need to pray, even if you think that you have, you have known it. Say, God, continue to demonstrate and manifest your love in my heart. Let me keep seeing this love that makes you to send your only son, your best gift, sacrificially for me, to die for me, for my sin. Not just dying a martyrdom death, but dying for my sin. Cry out for God's for God to manifest this love in your heart. You have seen the benefits, the implications. You need to pray and say, God. I want to come to that sanctification of my soul, purification of my soul, in case you are already captured. You're a brother, you're a sister, and your heart has gone towards another person. You are living in the soul, attraction of the soul that are impure. You need to cry out for, for this love of God to purify your soul. The manifestation of this love will sanctify your, your, your heart so that you can have a pure heart. It will bring a knowledge of this same love to you. It will make you to become a partaker of the life of God. Divine power and divine nature will become yours. La raba shanda raba Lebo shanda laba siri makunda. La raba sondo laba shanda raba Lende lende lebo shanda raba sondo lava sanda. Hey. You need to pray that God will open your eyes to see that it is because of you that he died. That's why we are singing. Keep me near the cross. Something happened at, at Calvary. It's not just a death to to give you food or to save you from danger is a death for your sin. Open my eyes to see what is your problem, job. Somebody gave you one million dollars and you are you are you are you are not satisfied with it. You are murmuring, you are getting weak, you are getting worried, troubled because of hundred naira. God has angels, has cherubim, has elders. He didn't give any one of them. He gave himself. He gave himself for you. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God was in Christ. It was not just Christ that that died. God was in him. He gave himself. He gave himself. No wonder the Bible said the love of Christ compels us. When you know the love of Christ, it will compel you. 
it will begin to draw you. John said, and we know and believe the love that God has towards us. In this way, the love is manifested. When the love is manifested in your life, then life will come. And then his love is inside his life. You can now show God what love is. You can die for his sake. You can love another brother, another sister where? The way Christ loved. The real genuine love that Christ commanded will become a reality in your life. But how can it happen when you are still dwelling in the emotion of the souls? This love will sanctify, this love will sanctify your heart. This love will, 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 will bring a spiritual elevation to where no problem, no persecution, nothing will move you. Because you know the love that God has for you. You know that in all things He's working together for your good. He gave up His only Son. What are you giving up? What are you giving up? Lendele bo a Christian will start compromising his faith or her faith. A little thing, compromise, backsliding, because you don't know the law. Because you don't know that, that there's nothing that will ever happen to move you out of that law. Ask God to transform your life by this, this manifestation of divine love. That your eyes will open to this. It's not just an understanding, but you know, it will be a compelling revelation in your heart. And that will bring a transformation of your life. And when that happens, you will put your faith in this love. So we know and we have believed the love that God has towards us. God is love. That's when you will now dwell in love. For he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God. Alebo Shandala Basanda. Lendelebo Shandara Basanda. Malendelebo Shandara Basanda. Lendelebo Shandara Basundo Kandala Basanda. Renda leba sandara bakundele bo shandara basanda. Renda leba shandara basanda. Lebo shandala basanda. Raba shandala basanda. Renda lebo shandara basundo la bakanda. Renda lebo shandara basundo la bashanda. Yende lebo sundo la bashandara basanda. In the cross. In the cross.
Oh! 
partaker of that life. And so I have this law. No more for human love in me. It was the divine law. In the cross, that's where my glory is. That's where he died for me. That's where he took away all my sins. He was manifested. He was manifested to take away our sin. It's a law that takes away sin. It's a law that takes away sin. He's not scared of sinners. He's not scared of sinners. When he encounters sinners, he will take away their sin out of law. Thank you, Jesus. Lift up your hands and receive blessings. Father, I pray for your people tonight that the manifestation of divine law will become a reality in their lives. And it will be a present continuous tense. Continue to manifest this love every day in their hearts so that the benefit of it, the implications of it, will become fully theirs in the name of Jesus. Somebody is under the sound of my voice. The love of Christ is bringing a healing in your heart now. Somebody, you are having a pain at the left side of your heart. The love of Christ is bringing healing on that part of your heart. And that healing is permanent. Receive that healing in the name of Jesus. Amen. And with the spirit and the anointing of healing in this place, the Bible says, and the power of God was present to heal. I decree every sickness in your body healed now. Amen. For by the stripes of Jesus you are healed. Yes, toothache, go in the name of Jesus. Amen. The anointing of, of, of healing is upon that tooth, upon that teeth. Come on, get healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. That pain is gone because Isaiah 53 verse 4. Surely he took away your pain. He took away your pain. He has taken it away. That pain is no more there in your body. It's no more there. It's no more there. It's taken away. Thank you, Father. Thank you for manifesting your love through healing this night. Somebody, you are, you are going to share testimony Amen. of this healing in your body tonight. Amen. The Lord just decided to, to just manifest that love in that aspect this evening. But just know that the ultimate way he has manifested this love is that he has given you his own, only son. The best of the best. There's no, there no reason to think twice. There's no reason to compromise. There's no reason to backslide. There's no reason to be to be sorrowful. There's no reason to... No wonder the Bible says rejoice always. I say again rejoice. And the author is in the prison writing to people that are free. What is the secret of this author? He has come to know and believe the love of God. Why will he be angry or sad in the prison? He's happy. He's writing to people that are free. Telling them rejoice always. Because he has a reason to rejoice always. Even in the prison. Because he has come to know and to believe the love that God has for him.
There is no mountain anywhere. There is no mountain anywhere. With the love of God, we sail over every mountain. We soar high. We are in the same plane with our Father because His life is our life and His love is our love. Hallelujah. Wave your hands unto Him. Say, Thank you, Father, for your love. It's my love. Your life is my life. Your life, you have, you have brought me into becoming a partaker of your divine nature, partaker of your own life. Your life is my life. Your love is my love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. So be it unto you, as you have prayed and as I have prayed for you, your life is never the same. You have moved from where you are to the next level. Conforming to his image and to his love. From one degree to the next level. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. We bless the Lord for his word that have come to us. I know that you have begun to know and to understand the love of God. And our prayer is that you will believe that love, love till the end in every area, in every situation of your life, in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't forget that you can send in your testimonies, your questions, your comments to our email, calvarywayrevivalabels at gmail.com and you can also follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook and Telegram, especially Calvary Way Revival Labels. That is where we can follow us. And then remember that this message and many more can be downloaded on our website, calvarywayonline.org, www.calvarywayonline.org. We'll be back same time next week. And we ask you to remember and keep in mind the love of God. And may that love guide your heart and guard you and lead you in this week. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening.